0: Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. 2023 will be a critical year for China. Following the sudden end to Beijing's zero-COVID policy, the country is currently struggling with an unprecedented health crisis. The economy is also a trouble. And at the same time, Xi Jinping looks set to solidify his political agenda and establish a new leadership team at the National People's Congress in spring. Internationally, Beijing is also facing multiple challenges, including its relationship with the US, its no limits partnership with Russia and a recalibration of China policies across Europe. To anticipate what 2023 might have in store for us, Merricks hosted the fourth Merricks China Forecast Conference on January 18, 2023. In collaboration with our media partner, Handelsblatt. At the event, our experts presented findings from our annual survey, and a lineup of high level speakers discussed the findings and the expectations. My name is Johannes heller To discuss the Merix China Forecast survey and conference, I am joined by Roderick Kefferpitz, senior analyst at Merix, who had a leading role in this year's Merix China Forecast. Welcome to the podcast, Roderick. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me.
1: Roderick, what is the Merix China Forecast? Well, maybe to start with, uh, let me highlight that forecasting is, in fact, very difficult. I mean, looking into the future or trying to gain certainty from uh, something that's inherently uncertain uh, is not going to be easy. And this is particularly the case for China, of course, a country where information is highly controlled, where information is censored, where decisions are taken behind closed door, where policy making is opaque. And... You, we've seen last year, China is always open for surprises, right? I mean, you mentioned it the nationwide protests, the zero COVID policy U turn. So, there are always some kind of a well, you, I guess you call them black swans uh, that can hit you, and this is also true for China. And so, forecasting is a difficult. Undertaking—it's part science, it's part art. And there's different methods that can be used, such as horizon scanning and backcasting or visioning. And one of the methods that we've been using uh, these last four years now is that we've been doing a survey uh, where we ask a range of China experts and the wider public how they see China develop in the next year, and In this fourth edition of our Merrick's China forecast, we've asked 151 China experts and 729 members of the wider public how they see China developing in 2023. And these participants came from over 50 countries in the world. They had different backgrounds, different academic backgrounds, working in different areas of expertise. And we asked them to look at both China's domestic development and the development of China's foreign relations. And all the survey results are, of course, uh, also available on our website. This year's MERIC's China Forecast 2023 is also part of our China Horizons project, which is a multi-year project bringing together nine different research institutions from seven EU member states. And is receiving generous funding from the European Union's Horizon Europe Research and Innovation Program. And this project, this China Horizon project, has as an aim to strengthen Europe's knowledge base on China's politics, society and economy. And our forecast is, of course, also an important contribution in this regard. Then let's dive right into
0: the results. Like Maybe we can start with the domestic developments. What were the results of the, the forecast survey there?
1: Well, here there were some surprises uh, for us, I believe. Obviously, since the zero COVID policy U-turn, there's a lot of expectation that China's economy is going to rebound. However, if we look at our survey, our respondents believe the Chinese economy might also face a lot of stress, economic stress such as youth unemployment, which is already relatively high, but also more social inequality. Our survey respondents also saw three top challenges for the Chinese economy. The first being COVID, of course, and how COVID is going to develop over this year in China, but also geopolitical challenges, such as the US-China relationship, lack of access to Western technology, which is obviously crucial for China's economic development, and the risk of a global recession, and to what extent that might also have an impact on China. So while there is the expectation that China's economy is going to rebound, I guess the size of that rebound or how much it's really going to rebound is quite uncertain. With regards to the domestic developments, our survey respondents also considered these economic stress factors to have an impact on the protest potential. So when we asked, where do you see the highest protest potential in 2023, the survey respondents uh, saw the economy, economic stress to be one of the highest uh, protest potentials. Obviously, the dynamic of COVID as well. And this might lead to a kind of pressure cooker scenario, a scenario where the economy is undergoing duress, is undergoing more stress which in turn leads to social uh, distress and social stress. And of that, of course, uh, leading to more uh, protest potential. And the COVID policy, this U-turn that uh, China undertook last year, might have a role to play in this as well. I mean, COVID-19 is wreaking havoc in the Chinese healthcare system. Families are losing their loved ones. Uh, Cremation prices have skyrocketed, hospitals are overwhelmed. And a lot of people don't really understand this policy arbitrariness or volatility. I mean, one day you're in full lockdown or, you know, several weeks and months you're in full lockdown. And then the next day you're allowed to go to work while you're sick with COVID. So the irrationality of this, I think, can also lead to a lot of anger with citizens uh, in China, and that, of course, has uh, the potential that we might see protests re-emerge this year in China. And this simultaneously at a time when Xi Jinping has reached the pinnacle of his power, so to speak, right? He's in in his uh, third term. He's stacked the Politburo with. his loyalists and so in this pressure cooker scenario you're getting into a um, you're getting a picture where you get a pressure cooker and there's only one hand on the pressure relief valve and that's the hand of xi jinping and that's leading to a lot of um, unpredictability because it's all down to one person and how that one person is going to decide But the
0: domestic problems are not the only things that China is facing, right? Let's move to the development
1: of China's foreign relations next year. So for the foreign relations, uh, we obviously asked where China is going to stand on the war in Ukraine in 2023. And here, the majority of participants believe China is actually going to maintain its policy. It's going to stick to a policy of pro-Russian neutrality where it will support moscow uh, rhetorically but try to not get into the crosshairs of western sanctions basically however there was a sizable cohort around a third of participants who believe china is going to decrease its support for moscow this year we then Followed up on these questions and asked, well, how do you believe China-Russia economic ties are going to develop? And their participants were very clear that they believe there's going to be an intensification of economic ties across the board. So participants believe China is going to import more uh, from Russia. They believe uh, there's going to be more exports to Russia. Uh, Chinese investments in Russia are are going to increase. And the use of the renminbi is also going to be uh, increasing in 2023. And this, interestingly enough, stood in stark contrast to EU-China economic uh, developments. Uh, We asked similar questions with regard to EU-China economic relations. And there we saw an across-the-board decline. So economic ties are expected to fray. This year. So participants believe science and technology cooperation is going to decline, uh, trade uh, is going to decline, investments are going to decline. It's going to be less expats, EU expats, living in China and less Chinese expats uh, living in, in Europe. So this really stood in stark contrast to how uh, the China Russia relationship is going to develop. What was also really interesting is everybody is talking at the moment about, about a Chinese charm offensive that uh, you know Xi Jinping has met more than 25 different heads of state in the last couple of months and that uh, China is trying to re-engage with the world. We had in our survey one question where we asked participants to gauge how China's relationships with 10 different countries going to develop this year are they going to improve or are they going to deteriorate and here we see actually a slight deterioration so especially with the united states and the united kingdom a deterioration is expected Uh, with the eu um, france and other countries um, participants believed relations are basically going to stay the same or deteriorate just a little bit only with russia most participants obviously believed uh, relations are going to stay the same and in economic fields uh, they're going to um, increase so the picture that's being painted in the foreign relations field is that china might go on a charm offensive but that might just be a rhetorical charm offensive and not actually a charm offensive with regards to substance
0: the results were also presented at a conference on January 18th, and they were debated by uh, high-level speakers who also shared their expectations for 2023. You've been at the conference as well, uh, as you had a leading role in the Americas China forecast. How have the results been debated and what were expectations of the
1: speakers? This conference is available on YouTube as well, so I really recommend everybody to take a look uh, at it. We had a great cast of speakers. We had, for example, Jörg Wuttke, the president of the uh, European Chamber of Commerce in China, uh, share his uh, hopes uh, and uh, expectations. And um, I think there was obviously uh, some commonality with uh, our survey results So, Jörg Wuttke was explaining that there is a great hope for a strong economic rebound, um, that uh, businesses in China are hoping for a lot of revenge spending, that the consumers are going to go out there and buy all those goods and products that they haven't been able to buy um, in in the past under lockdown, um, possibly. At the same time, that there is stress within China's economy in a number of different fields, real estate, uh, is uh, one of them debt in uh, local government uh, is uh, uh, another uh, factor and so it's not all uh, sunshine and roses uh, necessarily for china's economy in 2023 uh, there might be a rebound but this long-term optimism that a lot of people had a couple of years ago that uh, might be gone With regards to the foreign relations, we had great speakers on the panel there. We had Malin Out and Sasha Gabuev from Carnegie Endowment, for example. And here, too, there was quite some agreement, I would say, with our survey results. Basically arguing that China is going to stick with Moscow, that China has an interest Uh, with moscow in undermining the uh, current uh, world order but that china is also going to be careful regarding how it deals uh, with moscow and how it supports moscow and that it certainly doesn't want to get into the crosshair of western sanctions and so it will gauge uh, the situation and tread very carefully
0: our forecast is not the only one out there and If you know, uh, I would like to know how our results compare to to other forecasts that are
1: made. So our forecast is not an outlier. I think there's a lot of commonality with other forecasts that are out there. If you look, for example, at the um, Eurasia Group's top risk for 2023, um, the Eurasia Group is uh, arguing that China's economy is fragile, that uh, the economic rebound is uncertain. This is very much in line with our survey results. It also argues that there is policy volatility in China, which is obviously we've seen with the zero COVID uh, U-turn last year. And uh, they also don't fall for the charm offensive um, that's been going around in the media. Uh, They're arguing there will be more uh, foreign policy assertiveness by China And uh, the Xi-Putin relationship will also go strong. And this is what other surveys or other forecasts have also said. So if you look at The Economists, uh, the world in 2023, or at the China project, uh, the red paper that they come out with every year, they've also argued uh, that uh, the Xi-Putin bromance is basically going to go strong uh, this year and is going to continue. And that uh, the Xi governance model is going to be tested because there are a lot of challenges within China. And uh, the question is, is this governance model of one man at the top going to be able to deal with these challenges?
0: Putting this all together, what would you suggest that people look out for regarding China in 2023?
1: COVID is of course going to be the number one development. How COVID is going to develop, what dynamic is going it's going to take a hold of in China, how what pressure it's going to put on the hospital system, on families, on people, on households, and and what kind of spillover effect that might have. One of the questions, of course, is are we going to see a new strain of COVID emerge in China? That's that's a big question mark and a wild card that could, of course, have an effect not just for China but for uh, the world beyond China as well. And then, of course, there's going to be um, a couple of interesting appointments to look at. So how is the State Council going to be formed in, uh, in, the, in the sessions in, in March? Uh, who are going to be the key personalities there? Um, what does that potentially signal uh, for the rest of the world? And then, of course, it's going to be important to also look at China's foreign messaging. So everybody's talking about the charm offensive right now, but uh, what's actually the content and the substance behind this charm offensive? We look at the beginning of this year so far, there have been a lot of meetings and discussions and calls, um, obviously in in African countries, but also with Russia, with Russia's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, um, again. And so these are also all kinds of indicators of what necessarily priorities are. Um, Taiwan is obviously always going to be uh, something to watch and the question whether the new speaker McCarthy is going to visit Taiwan uh, or not. And then also India's role is going to be very important. Um, India has the chairmanship of the G20 summit. It also has uh, the chairmanship of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization uh, summit taking place in September so India is playing an important role this year and the India-China relationship is going to be a place uh, to watch for 2023 I believe.
0: Rodrik, thank you very much for your time, your insight and your work on the Merckx China forecast.
1: Thanks Johannes, take care.
0: And dear listener, you can find the results of the Merckx China forecast survey on our website, a recording of the forecast conference on our YouTube channel and links to both will be put in the show notes. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to Merix Experts, the podcast from the Makato Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merix.org.